0: This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 120, The Drama Triangle and the Empowerment Dynamic. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech-language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Welcome everybody to the Building Resilience Podcast. I'm excited to have you here. If This is your first time welcome, and if you are a regular listener, then I'm happy to have you back. Now today, before we get started, I have a little bit of housekeeping items I just wanted to share with you all. If you are a coach or a helping professional, then listen up, because I want to share with you that I am so excited to be launching a new advanced training in nervous system resilience. So I am combining my 25 years as a speech pathologist with all my coach training in mindset work and tapping and breath work, and especially in nervous system and professional resilience. It starts in May and we are going to cover all things nervous system for yourself personally and professionally and how to integrate it with your coaching because clients need it too. The mindset stuff is so important, but the ability to regulate and befriend your nervous system is the foundation. We are then going to dive deep into neuroplasticity and executive functioning. And then finally, we're going to focus on professional resilience. And this is a unique part from many other trainings out there, because we're also not only going to uplevel your coaching skills, but we're going to make sure that you have the tools to prevent and overcome compassion fatigue, stress, and burnout for yourself. So if you are interested, there is a link in the show notes. Okay, the next thing, and this is also very important, I wanted to give a shout out to one of my listeners that I had the opportunity to talk with last month. She shared with me that she had been listening to my podcast. It was actually episode 113 about victim versus agent, and her nine-year-old daughter was in the car listening with her. And after some listening and thinking, her nine-year-old asked her mom, do you think I'm a victim or I'm an agent? and I just love that. The idea that this intelligent, sweet, amazing little girl was asking such reflective, insightful questions is just incredible. This girl is going to go far in life, and I hope that she hears this podcast because I want to tell her she most certainly is an agent, and she will do amazing things in her life as she chooses to continue to create. I also wanted to continue the conversation today about being a victim versus an agent and introduce you to a tool that I use with my clients that has been really, really helpful. Every time I introduce it to a client, they always say, oh my gosh, this resonates so much. Now, some of you might have heard of this tool before. It's called the dreaded drama triangle or the DDT. And there is another tool called the Empowerment Dynamic, or TED for short. That is the antidote for the dreaded drama triangle. So I wanted to share these things with you today. Now, whenever I introduce a tool to you on the podcast or to my clients, I always want to emphasize that I am introducing it to you without judgment. These are tools that I am actively using and practicing in my own life because I fall apart under all the same pressures influences, traps, weaknesses, shortcomings that you all do. I know talking about being a victim can be super sensitive. So I wanted to just let you know that at times I do play that victim role as well. So there's no judgment here. The drama triangle was first brought forth by Stephen Cartman in the 1960s. And basically he created this model that showed how we are in many of our relationships and social interactions. So there's kind of this power game that gets played and he divides it into three different roles. So I want you to think about it like an upside down triangle. And at the bottom of this triangle is the point is the first role that he calls the victim role. And we're gonna dive into all of these in a little bit more detail in a minute, but I just wanna give you an outline of what the roles are. So the victim is the lower point on this upside down triangle. And it's really the central figure in the dreaded drama triangle or the DDT. Then up in one corner is what he calls the prosecutor. And then on the other corner of the triangle is what he calls the rescuer. So basically in many of our interactions with people, we are playing one of these roles. Now let me go through and describe each one. And as I'm sharing the details, you'll get a feel for what I'm talking about. Now, sometimes in life, we do play the role of victim. And I talked about what a victim is back on episode 113. But in quick review, a victim is somebody who usually thinks thoughts like, I have no choice. People make me do things. I'm powerless. Life just happens to me. I'm at the mercy of life. It's not my fault. So essentially, they don't really like taking responsibility. There's usually a lot of blame. And their thoughts kind of revolve around this poor me. They may feel helpless and hopeless, and they definitely feel victimized. They may feel invisible, and they can end up being very reactionary. They react to problems. They may give up easily, and they may feel like they have no ownership of their life. And they don't like being called victims. (laughs) They get super defensive. Now, whenever there is a victim, there is always a villain. And the villain in this case is what Cartman calls the persecutor. So this villain or the persecutor really has a very dominant role in these relationships because the victim sees the persecutor as being the cause of all the problems. So the persecutor may feel like they know best, that they must win, but they are often very critical. So think of it like a very critical parent or a critical older sibling. And they place a lot of blame, especially on the victim. Now they may also get really defensive or they may feel like they have to protect themselves or they may feel like they're being self-righteous. The villain can often be manipulative and tries to be very controlling. Now the villain can be a person, but it can also be an external thing like an injury, an illness. And it's just something that is seen as having a lot of control over the victim. Now with the persecutor is a person. They are often driven to their behaviors out of fear, a fear of losing their own control and becoming a victim themselves. Or they may have been a victim previously, so they want to make sure that they never end up being a victim again. Now, the persecutor is also a persecutor because the victim sees them as a persecutor. It is a role that the victim has often assigned them. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Now the third role is what is called the rescuer and we often will refer to this as kind of like the hero. This role sounds like the place that you want to be but actually it's just as dysfunctional as the other roles. (laughs) In this role the hero feels like they have to save everybody, that they feel sorry for the victim. They feel that the victim is not able to manage on their own so they try to help quote unquote, the victim, trying to save and protect them from the big bad villain. But essentially what they're doing is they're robbing the victim of the ability to grow their resilience and learn to believe in themselves. Now, they may actually even feel superior to the victim, although this can be very subconscious. And they try to jump in and save the day. They try to foster dependency and they try to make it look like that they are indisposable. You need me. They are often doing all this because they want to feel needed. They do want to be that hero. They want people to feel like they're the ones that make the difference. They often play this role because it helps them to feel worthy. And they are often doing things out of guilt. Now, they may have very good intentions, just like the persecutor may have good intentions. But essentially, they keep the victims the victims and deny them of the growth that they need and they end up not taking proper care of themselves too. They may seem selfless, but it is actually extremely selfish because they are getting what they need and keeping the victim stuck and powerless. So these three roles get played out all the time. Victims assume that they are blameless and should not be accountable. They always find a persecutor or a villain, and then they seek a rescuer to solve the problems for them. You may feel, after you've just listened to these, that maybe you're predominantly in one role, or you may notice that you jump from role to role, and you likely play different roles depending on the different interactions and relationships that you have, because that's what we do as humans. We can jump from role to role. For example, if I think about my kids, for some of my kids, I tend to play the rescue role. Now, again, this is all happening on a very subconscious level. I'm not intentionally saying I need to rescue them. It's a dynamic that we are creating based on so many different things, which also include our nervous system responses, personalities, other relationships we all have in our lives. For example, like I said, with my own kids, I think I probably play the rescuer. When I see a difficult situation, I want to jump in and save them. It's not because I intentionally think they're not capable, but partly because that was my role when they were younger, and I feel I need to go in that role to protect them. And to be honest, it feels good to me. I feel like that's what a mom should do. Well, at least that is what I thought a mom should do until I realized how unhealthy it is and what I could do to shift out of it, which we will get to. But I am pretty sure my stepkids would not see me as a rescuer they would see me as likely the villain, the persecutor. And that is partly because of the dynamics between my stepkids and their other parents as well. We all get slotted into certain roles, right or wrong. And then in other situations, I definitely feel like I'm in situations that are completely out of my control. There's not much I can do and I'll be blamed no matter what. So then I bounce into that victim role. And I do really wanna emphasize there's no shame and there's no blame. These are dynamics that are created. We get stuck in this triangle. And the only thing that can pull us out of the triangle is awareness. So it's important for you to be aware of what rule you tend to take. What I would encourage you to do is to go through your week and look carefully at your interactions with different people whether it be with your partner, your children, your colleagues, your peers, and see if you fall into a certain role. Now, you may find that you fall into multiple roles and that's completely normal. You may also find that you have a certain role at the beginning of a conversation. And by the end of the conversation, you may have flipped to a different role. For example, if I'm feeling very much like a victim, maybe somebody is accusing me of something or even accusing me of being a victim. I may quickly get defensive and switch, and start pointing out to them all the things that they do wrong, and all the times that they actually play victim or do something wrong. And now I've become the persecutor or the villain. Another example of a switch is a victim could be looking toward the rescuer for help. And if the rescuer follows through and is able to help, then they stay the hero. But Sometimes the rescuer can't help them, and the victim gets upset and starts blaming them. And then the rescuer quickly gets moved into the role of villain. The rescuer can then get upset that they've been pushed into the role of villain and feel like they've been treated unfairly because all they were trying to do is help and now they're playing the role of the victim. So you see how there's a lot of movement and fluidity between the three roles. Now the problem with all three of these roles and the way they interact is it creates a lot of drama in life. Hence the name, the Drama Triangle. It's also a problem because the way you see yourself, the way you talk about your life and your story impacts how you show up in your day-to-day life. You start filtering everything you do through a mindset. And if you have a victim mindset, it permeates everything you do. And of course, your brain will be able to find evidence for everything that you think. So if you think you're a victim, you'll be able to find lots of proof. And if you decide that someone in your life is a persecutor, then guess what? You're going to find proof that they are a persecutor. And the same thing for rescuer. You end up living this drama-filled life, and eventually you feel trapped in this life. All right. So the first step, as I said, for pretty much everything is to build awareness. What is your go-to role? What role do you play in different relationships or situations? So just be curious here. No judgment. Self-awareness is always the place to start. But then what? For example, maybe I see I'm a rescuer here and a persecutor here and a victim here. Or I have a tendency to always be a persecutor at work or a rescuer at home or a victim to a certain situation. Now, what do I do? Well, you do need to make some changes. And this is where TED comes in. And remember, TED stands for the Empowerment Dynamic. It was created by David Emerald Walmardorf And he created this antidote, learning how to shift from the dreaded drama triangle to the Empowerment Dynamic. So from the DDT to the TED. It's essentially learning how to shift from that victim mode of reacting to more empowered mode of choosing our response. Basically choosing to be an agent, although he calls it a creator. And I actually love using that term, almost better than agent, but I already used agent in a previous episode, but essentially the two are the same. So here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna flip your triangle. And now the top point, we're gonna replace the victim with creator. Now then the lower points of the triangle, we're shifting from the persecutor or villain. We're going to call it now the challenger. And then the rescuer hero becomes the coach. Now let's look at the difference between each role. The victim becomes the creator. Now remember the victim thinks they're powerless and at the mercy of life and doesn't really take responsibility. Whereas the creator Focuses on future outcomes, takes full responsibility and will take action to achieve a goal. So the creator is going to think things like, I have a choice despite my circumstances. I'm going to grow from this. I'm focused on what I can do and what I can create. They are hopeful and inspired. They are resilient. They know that they are going to bounce back. And this is also where post traumatic growth can occur. Not only will I overcome my challenges, but I will come out ahead in some areas. And you can listen back all the way on episode 16 for more information about post-traumatic growth. So the creator doesn't dwell on the past. They're not dwelling in all the things that can go wrong. They are looking towards the future. What is the next step I can take to move me forward? They are building a vision. And I look at it a bit like The Gap and the Gain. And I talked about that concept and that book, The Gap and the Gain, back on episode 94. So you can go back and listen to that. If you are measuring the gap, you are likely more in the mode of a victim. When you live in the gain, you are more in the mode of a creator. So the creator takes 100% responsibility. And you can hear more about that On episode 43, 100% responsibility. The creator takes responsibility, makes choices, and takes actions, often starting with just baby steps. There's a different energy there. It's an energy that you find in the zone of resilience. So, in order for you to become a creator, guess what? You need to learn to regulate your nervous system to get into that zone of resilience. All right, now the victim. Is no longer the victim. They're going to be the creator of their destiny. They start to need and want and see other roles as different too. When one person changes the dance, the entire dance is going to change and the other partners are going to have to get with the program. So the persecutor or the villain, they shift and become a challenger. Kind of like the one who gives some tough love. They become more self aware. Or they try to encourage the creator to take action. Their message is more one of, I believe in you. You can do it. You can do hard things. Trust the process and keep going. They tend to focus now more on improvement and growth. Now, they are not afraid, though, of holding themselves or the creator accountable, but they are confident and direct they express more empathy, but they are still willing to take a stand. So they're not going to become a pushover. There's still some tough love. And like I said, they will be there for accountability, but they encourage the creator to examine their own patterns and their own thoughts. They are committed to helping change and helping growth happen. If the challenger is not a person, it's not viewed as completely negative. The obstacle, whatever the challenge is, it's viewed as something that can be overcome. A challenge, an opportunity for growth. Now, lastly, we have the rescuer, which is going to shift to the healthier role of coach. So instead of trying to save people and feeling sorry for them and trying to protect them, the coach believes that people are resourceful and creative. They are fueled with compassion but they are not attached to the outcome. They ask questions. They're trying to help the creator develop their own resourcefulness and clarity. They are trying to empower the creator. They provide positive reinforcement. They themselves are fulfilled on their own and they don't need the validation. They trust the creator. They believe that the creator is whole and not broken and doesn't require fixing. And they don't jump in and try to fix everything. Their role is to support. It's not to make things go away or make things easier. Their role is not to receive praise or recognition for what they're doing. They may try to be a role model, but they are actually walking their talk. So they aren't doing things for the victim. They are the ones that are helping ask the questions and giving that boost that they may need so that the creator can step in and start creating their life on their own. So those are the three roles. You can see how there's a shift. Now the question is, how do you make the shift? Because it sounds so much easier when I just talk about it. Well, as I said earlier, the first shift always takes place from awareness. And since the victim is sort of the main player in this triangle, you can make a shift from victim to creator on your own. And the way you do this is all about where your focus is. To be a creator, you need to focus on what you want rather than what you don't want. You focus on the gain and not the gap. You no longer focus on the problem, you focus on the solution. And then you need to move from reacting to, to choosing outcomes and responses. Of course, again, you can't do any of that unless you're living within that zone of resilience. You will need to be constantly regulating yourself, finding safety, anchoring yourself to get into the zone where connection and creativity and dreams can come. You also need to create a clear vision for yourself. As a creator, you wanna focus on who do you want to be? How do you wanna show up? You take the lead in your own life. And this can begin by creating a vision for yourself, establishing a mission, and then a code of conduct. What values do you want to live by? I work with my clients to develop what is called their documents of intention. And once they have their vision, they work towards taking the small baby steps towards accomplishing it. What is the next step that I can take that will bring me closer to what I want to accomplish? That's always the question. The creator is truly the author of their own story. Now, there is a really great short YouTube clip that Michael Kane has where he shares an experience. He says he was at an audition and part of the scene, he had to walk through a door to get into the room. But he said that as he attempted to open the door, there was a chair blocking it. So he said to the producer who was sitting out in the stalls, well, look, I can't get in. There's a chair in my way. And the producer said to him, we'll use the difficulty. And so Michael Caine said, what do you mean use the difficulty? And the producer said, well, if it's a drama, pick it up and smash it. If it's a comedy, fall over it. And that became his line for life. Always use the difficulty. And to me, that is a true creator. A true creator always uses a difficulty. What is the chair in your life? How can you use it? How can you integrate it into your life? How can you use it to learn from it, to grow from it? Use your difficulty. Now, next, we need to look at transforming the relationship between the other players. Can you shift from viewing persecutors from that role and see them as challengers? What can you learn from them? Where are they right? How can you improve based on their challenges? Think of them as like playing devil's advocate. They are on your side. They are not trying to work against you. They are encouraging you to challenge the status quo and be your best self. Growth is not easy. Growth is usually uncomfortable, and they know that and are trying to spark that fire in you. They can be great to have around as accountability partners. It can really help to make a list of people conditions or circumstances that you have thought as villains in the past. And then to ask yourself, how have they been a teacher to you? How have they challenged you to learn and grow? How have they been a gift? Now, this can be a really hard shift. So remember, got to regulate yourself and then ask your brain these questions and tell your brain, go off and answer those questions. If you are a challenger and you identify with being a challenger, what I'll offer to you is, can you add just a little bit more compassion? Can you shift to view them as creators and really set your intention on helping them grow, dropping the judgment and dropping the blame? Now the shift from rescuer to coach, well, we really need to start believing in the victim, that they are capable, that they are creative, and they are resourceful. They can figure things out that we can best support them by asking questions and helping them take baby steps. And you also want to be more compassionate as well so that you can believe in them. You can help them develop goals and a plan to achieve the goals, but not do it for them. You can encourage them to create their own solutions rather than handing the solutions to them or making things easy for them all the time. If you are a rescuer, you want to make sure that you are fueling yourself in other areas so you're not depending on other people to constantly be validating you. You wanna take responsibility for your own needs so you don't have to rely on others to fill you up. Lastly, I wanna share with you how the triangle fits in with how we deal with emotions. I've said on the podcast many times before that we are really driven by our feelings, how we want to feel. And the triangle actually is also driven by these emotions. When we have uncomfortable emotions that crop up, we can deal with them in different ways. When we feel unpleasant emotions and withdraw and feel powerless, like, poor me, what can I do? Why is this happening? We fall into victim role. When we move against these emotions and we try to control them or control the situation, we can end up being more aggressive and we fall into persecutor role. And when we move in and out and try to soothe and please, this can be where we fall into rescue role. Now, these are just the ways that as humans, we deal with uncomfortable emotions, but we know there is a better way to deal with our emotions. When we learn to allow them, to feel them, to not judge them, we don't have to be in a drama role at all. So learning how to process your emotions is another way you can move yourself out of the drama triangle. Now, once you are aware of the roles, the signs, your tendencies, you can start to make different choices, including not getting sucked in. Looking at what role you are in and asking yourself, what is the next thing that you can do to move yourself to the healthier version is a great place to start. I want to encourage you to start playing around and observing if you're getting sucked in. If you are often in a certain role, label it and then ask yourself what you can do. Now, I know my clients sometimes say, but what if I change and the other person doesn't change? Which at the beginning, let me tell you, it's usually the case. But again, I want you to think of it like a dance. You have been dancing this dance for a while and now all of a sudden you're changing steps. It's going to throw things off at the beginning. It will probably be met with resistance, but eventually the dance will have to change. Or it happens is you just decide you're no longer dancing and you choose to remove yourself because you always have that choice. That is the beauty of the empowerment triangle. You can step into any role. What role serves you? What role gets you where you want to be? I hope you found that helpful. And I hope that you can step in and you can make the changes, get yourself into that empowerment dynamic, and I will see you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching.